This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 81. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Hey, Shameless Moms. So happy to be here today. Today is a special day because holy crap, we hit 100,000 downloads today. So I'm recording this on Friday, a couple days before you're going to actually hear it. But I knew last night when I went to bed, I was like, this is going to happen sometime while I'm sleeping. I could tell by the numbers when I got off my computer at the end of the day yesterday that we were going to definitely hit that 100k mark sometime early today. And lo and behold, by the time I checked my stats this morning at 10am, we were over 100,000 downloads. So thank you. Thank you. When we hit 50,000 downloads, it was right around the time of our 50th episode. And now here we are on episode 81 and we're at 100,000 downloads, which means that we're getting more listeners because we are at uh, only 81 episodes, but over 1,000 downloads per episode if you average it all out. I'm about to start like doing math in my head and then I won't be able to talk. So I'm going to stop doing math in my head and just say thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited and so grateful. And I have to tell you the craziest thing just happened. It's so funny that it would happen today. So I know that I've been like hitting home the power of your reviews lately. And iTunes, it's a funky little land that makes one crazy. iTunes does a lot of weird things that no one has control over except like the iTunes gods and goddesses, whoever those people may be. And so for a long time, I have not been able to see new iTunes reviews. And then I popped over to my iTunes review page today and there was like all these new reviews but they were dated from like the last couple of months. It's not like they just all popped up today. 
So I'm so confused because I've checked the account recently and I wasn't showing new reviews. So at any rate, I think a bunch of you have written reviews that just got posted recently. I think maybe there was a little lag in the posting on iTunes end because like I said, it's not a well-oiled machine over there. iTunes is a bit of a beast from like 1983. So for those of you that I'm a total Apple fan and everything I own is Apple, but iTunes, oh my gosh, please catch up with the times. So anyways, a little side note there on my iTunes feelings, but oh my gosh, I was so excited to see all these reviews and it was so fun on a day where I was already feeling celebratory to go in and read these and I have to laugh. My favorite review, I love them all and I love reading them and it's always so special and meaningful, but one woman, it was Bebe Kirby is her screen name. And she said, I love Sarah's dry, witty humor and brutal honesty about stepping into the greatest challenge of her life, motherhood. She reminds me of that friend who you are talking to on the phone and you cannot get in a word edgewise because she's got one more thing she needs to say. So I'm pretty sure she just says I talk a lot and really fast. I find my kids staring at me because I laugh out loud listening to her brilliant sense of humor and you never know what she'll say next. So I'm going to take that all as a huge compliment. I think that's like one of my all time favorite reviews because I know I talk fast and I know it can be hard to get it all. And Some of you probably have to slow down within that podcast app. Did you know that you can slow down the speed at which the podcast is played? So you can go to like half time or you can go to double time if you want to hear me super fast. But I love that you guys know that I talk fast and you're cool with it and you just laugh through it. So I do even try to talk slow sometimes and you can see that like I'm not good at it. So thank you for that feedback, baby Kirby. I've been getting a lot of emails about people's stories. So I have to say thank you. Our two episodes ago, I talked about changing your story and telling a new story. Or maybe it was one episode ago. Now I have to check. Hold on. Let's see here. I have it right here. It was two episodes ago. Episode 79, Start Telling New Stories. So in that episode, I was talking about rewriting your story and kind of rewriting your history and changing your perspective in order to move forward in a different way which I'm totally obsessed with this idea right now and the whole concept and how transformative it can be. So I've had a few of you respond to that by sending me some of your stories and holy cow, I even had someone send me a book that she wrote. So my friend Patty sent me her book. Thank you, Patty. I've mentioned Patty's name on the show before. She shared another great email with me a while ago, but Patty sent me a book that she wrote just kind of quietly, privately, but it's some of her stories from motherhood. And I am so excited. So in my morning reading now, in my 10 minutes of reading every morning, I'm reading Patty's book. It's so cool. I'm super, super inspired. So I told her that now I have to write a book someday because I'm so inspired by her book. But um, I've also just been hearing such great stories about you guys writing and rewriting your stories and changing the perspective from which you live based on the stories that you are totally empowered to recreate if you let yourself do that. So thank you for sharing that with me. I really, really appreciate that. And I appreciate knowing the impact that the podcast has on you all, because that gives me fuel to move forward. And it really gives me a lot of sense of direction in terms of where I should be going, what you guys want to hear more of, what's really meaningful to you, what touches you, what makes you laugh, what makes you cry, what makes you want to go grab a glass of wine. So all those things, I really, really appreciate it. One of the emails that I got was from a mom named Julie Rhodes. And Julie wrote about, um, I thought this was really interesting, and I'm going to read this. And then we're going to jump into our content for today about having happier holidays. But I wanted to touch on this because there's so many things in this paragraph that I think are things that we can all relate to. And I think this really speaks to how we all feel sometimes. So here we go. This is from Julie. And this is the middle of an email that she sent to me. So it's I'm kind of I'm leaving out the beginning and the end, but I think it'll all still make sense. 
Your podcast has really made an impact on my life. Until discovering the Shameless Mom Academy, I had no idea there were so many working moms out there that have all the same crazy thoughts as me floating around in their heads. How will I afford college for my kids? Feeling guilty about juggling emails and playtime. Taking care of myself when 99% of my day is taking care of others. Generating more income outside of my day job. Getting my kids to sleep in their own beds. Work-life balance, the million-dollar question. Staying healthy on my own terms. Maintaining my marriage. Dealing with children with sensory issues. The list goes on and on. You are like my best girlfriend, therapist, personal training, parenting consultant, life coach, and financial advisor all in one. I've always thought that self-help resources were not my bag, but after having kids, I realized that life is hard and messy and exhausting, and a support system is a must. A realistic support system that is not a Pinterest-style guide to parenting and living a full life. You are relatable, raw, empathetic, insightful, and approachable, which in this day and age is a rare gift. Please keep doing what you're doing as you've become an integral part of my village. So Julie, thank you. That is one of the kindest things I've read um, about myself. So thank you. I really, really appreciate that feedback. But what I want to respond with is that we all feel alone in this journey, right? We feel like we go through these moments in these days where we're like, no one can relate. And I actually, just yesterday at the gym, I had a mom commenting on something that we're doing with one of my gym programs. And she was like, gave her like her list of like, my day has been horrible for the following reasons. And we all have these days, right? And you just feel alone when you have those days. And I think as a mom, those days, sometimes they're like, it's a lot of days in a row, or sometimes it just feels like my life feels lonely because of the following bullet list of reasons, right? Or my life feels maybe like unfulfilled, even though I have everything I ever wanted, or even though I have everything that I thought would make me happier, in spite of all these great things, there's these gaping holes in my life. And so I think that Julie makes such a great point here that we often feel very alone in this journey. And I think that especially if you are spending time, if you're isolated in your work environment or you're isolated in your home environment, and we can be isolated in both of those situations, even when we're surrounded by people all the time, I think that it's really easy to just feel like, oh, I'm the only person who deals with this. And I'm like, not that great of a person if I feel kind of negative about my life, or maybe I feel like parenting isn't the most awesome thing I do every day. Or, you know, like sometimes I feel like I'm not a good mom or I'm not a good spouse or all these things. And we just kind of get caught in that conversation in our head and really have a hard time moving forward in all areas of our life because we're being hard on ourselves in one area or more on any given day. I think that's super, super common. And I also love that Julie said she thought self-help resources were not her bag because here's the thing, growing up, my mom, and I don't remember when it's, my parents divorced when I was young, but I don't think my mom started this right away, but there was a phase that she went through where she had books and self-help kinds of books. And it was like the road less traveled and when bad things happen to good people. And I don't remember the other titles. Those are the two that stand out to me. And I remember totally rolling my eyes. So I must've been like 10 to 12 years old or something and just being like, seriously, mom, this is ridiculous. And now I'm like obsessed with those kinds of books. And I think that they're so helpful and so meaningful. And this is like the kind of stuff that I read when I'm doing my morning reading. I always want to read those kinds of things to understand where is my head and why is my head where it is? And so it's easy to dismiss self-help or dismiss therapy and dismiss those kinds of modalities. But the truth is that we all need some of that on some level and you just have to find what works for you. So you have to find kind of the niche that you think that fuels your fire or that really that lights you up or that helps you connect to something deep in you that needs connection. And that's going to be different from one person to the next. And so for some people, it might be a self or for some people, it might be a podcast. For some people, it might be like running with, you know, Eminem rap in the background. Like it might, it's going to be totally different from one person to a next. So just be aware that like we probably all need self-help, 
but we all receive it differently and different modalities will be more impactful to us than others. And so understand what your modalities are. So glad that you found us, Julie. Now you have this whole community of moms and women who totally get you. And I really appreciate your feedback about that. And I just so appreciate you all coming to, you know, it's hard to come together on a podcast because there's me on one end and all of you on the other side. But when I get this feedback and I'm able to share stories from other moms, I very much feel like it helps build a community and it helps put us together. We're all in this tribe, right? And this is a place for us to connect as a tribe. So I will say I'm going to be starting a private Facebook group for this podcast soon. I don't have it running yet, but that is on the radar. And that I'm so excited because that's going to be a place where we can really connect a little bit more and a little bit more deeply. I still have my Instagram page and I have my public Facebook page over both of those are at the Shameless Mom Academy where people can connect there and I can connect with people. And I love that. And that's very fun for me. But I think that having a closed private Facebook page will be a really great place for us to connect as well. And then we can like talk about things like how freaking annoying husbands are sometimes. Okay, right? Is it just me? Anyone else there? Okay. So we'll talk about other things too. We can talk about like fun things and light things and heavy things and whatever, whatever needs to be spoken about on any given day. So big, big thank you so much love for all of you for creating this experience. Uh, This experience has been so amazing. And 100,000 downloads is something that like, I didn't know when that would happen. I knew that it would happen at some point, but I didn't know that it would happen, you know, months before my one year anniversary, which is March 15th, will be our one year anniversary with the Shameless Mom Academy. So uh, thanks for all of you who have been sharing the love. I know you've been sharing on social media, sharing episodes and sharing the podcast links. And that is so meaningful to me. And of course, you can always just share the website, shamelessmom.com on any social media platform. And that will link everyone to all the episodes and all the show notes and all the fun pictures that I have up there for each episode. So that's a great way to share, show the love. And then please keep writing these reviews, even if it takes iTunes a while to post them. It means so much and it really, really helps. My reviews are my ratings. And so when I get more reviews, then my show gets more highly ranked in the iTunes system and it allows me to get more listeners and reach more people, which allows me to build more platforms for us to all be able to communicate together, like a closed private Facebook page, which would not be cool if it was just like three people. So I really have to be reaching thousands of people to provide a platform like that that will actually be meaningful to other people. So thank you. Thank you for sharing the love. And now we will move on to the holidays. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like 
a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. So who's ready? It is officially December, perhaps my favorite month of the year. I love the holidays. I know not everyone feels holiday cheer all the time. Holidays can be like a tricky, tricky emotional thing for people. So if you're one of those people, listen in today and see if there's something here that can make the holidays a little better for you. And also be like totally okay with if this is not your jam, that's fine. Like sometimes in summer, I'm like the Scrooge of summer. I don't like hot weather. I don't like sweating unless I'm working out. So when it's like 85 degrees, 17 days in a row in Seattle, I'm super cranky. And like no one has air conditioning here, by the way. So it's just like hot and miserable. And many people are like, oh, it's just so beautiful. And it's so hot. And I just live for this weather. And I'm like, can I please get my fleece? (laughs) So I understand that some people are Scrooges about Christmas. I'm a Scrooge about summer. So I love Christmas time. I love cold weather. I love um, just everything that the holidays represent. But I also totally understand that it's not for everyone. So I'm going to give you some ideas today to make your holidays happier. And hopefully, no matter what your perspective on the holidays is, this will be meaningful to you in some way. So I'm going to talk about what we're doing in our family to make the holidays happier. And then I'm also going to give you some ideas just in kind of different areas of holiday stuff where you might be able to impact your holidays a little differently this year than in prior years, and hopefully maybe in a more positive way if that's been a struggle for you in the past. So, okay, let's go ahead and dive in. I have eight ways, oh, seven. (laughs) I have seven ways. I didn't look at my list correctly. I have seven ways to help you make your holidays happier. So we're going to start with giving. 
a couple of years ago, I was at the doctor and it was right around, I can't, Vinny must have been a baby or maybe he was one. But anyways, Vinny and I see the same doctor, family practice doctor. And uh, we were talking about Christmas and she was saying her kids who are a little older, like her older one is grade school age and then her other one's just a little older than Vinny. So she was like, we don't do Santa in our house. So for us, the holidays are just about giving. And so we make lists of like, what are we going to give to different people and how are we going to give and things like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And also I immediately felt so materialistic (laughs) because not that my holidays are all about receiving, but I mean, it's kind of about that. (laughs) And also, you know, up until that time, it had been like just Vince and I, my husband and I. And so every year it was like, well, what are we going to do for each other? And like me thinking of like, well, what can I ask for? And things like that. And oftentimes we do joint thing, joint gifts, which I will talk about in a minute. But the holidays, in some ways, there wasn't a huge sense of giving. Like there was a lot of giving that happened, but it just kind of was like by happenstance. It wasn't super planned. Now we have a much different kind of platform for giving, which I'm going to share in a minute. But I loved that that's what she made their whole family dynamic around the holidays was about giving. And so she made this for her kids, like this really cool thing where let's sit down and like make a list of everyone that we're going to give to and what would they like. And that's just so thoughtful and so different and kind. And I think, you know, creates something really genuine about the holiday spirit that is very different about like make a list and take it to Santa Claus, right? And so we do Santa at our house. And I think that most people probably do Santa. If you, I would love to hear like if you do Santa or don't do Santa, especially if you don't do Santa, I would just love to hear like your thoughts behind that and what you do instead and what that looks like. Because I'm totally fascinated by people who celebrate holidays in different ways and especially kind of in non-traditional ways. I think it's really, really great for us to be able to learn from other people. And I will say just that one little conversation with my doctor, which was a super casual conversation that was like, you know, a 30 second blurb on the radar that day, but it really stuck with me because it made me realize like, I don't want my whole holiday season with my child to just be like about, we're going to go to Santa and here's all the things you can ask for. And like, I didn't want it to really be all wrapped around that. So in our family, what we've started doing And I started doing this a few years ago through my gym as I started doing, it started with a toy drive for foster kids. So there's an organization in Seattle here called Treehouse. And so Treehouse is a program that supports foster kids. And during the holiday season, they collect gifts for foster kids. And so foster kids can make out gift lists and then we can donate based on the specific needs of specific kids, which is great. And so we get these gift lists and we put little, we have a put up a tree at the gym and people can take the tree tags and on the tree tag list will be things that kids need. So it might be like, it might be a coat and new shoes and then something more fun. Like also, I mean, there's also, you know, a video game or a bike or an iPod, or I can't even, and there's also much smaller ticket items than that, a new board game or a Barbie or baby doll, Legos, all those kinds of things. So that's kind of where my giving beyond our family started. Then after that, last year for the first time we did, we joined forces. Again, I did this with my gym. So, and for those of you who don't know, I own a gym here in Seattle. So my gym Sync Fitness, we decided to partner with Mary's Place, which is an organization that provides shelter through, I think they have four or five shelters now in the area. I think it's five overnight shelters for homeless men and for homeless women and children. And I think they also now have one center for men as well and that they keep separate from the women's shelters. And then they also have a couple day centers for homeless women and children. And they do amazing, amazing work. And I went and did a tour with them. And I was like trying not to cry the whole time. <laughs> They just do really, really cool things. So they do this big campaign in December called No Child Sleeps Outside, where they raise a certain amount of money to get all of the kids off the streets in Seattle. There's currently about 500 families with children sleeping outside every night in Seattle. 
I haven't seen their numbers for this year. Last year, at this time, there was 3,000 children in the Seattle Public School District who were homeless. In the Seattle Public School District, like there's a decent amount of money there. So it's an interesting thing. Like Homelessness in Seattle has become pretty pervasive, and it's existing in communities where there is a decent amount of money. So it's been a really interesting thing to see happen, and our city is really struggling to deal with it. So to align with the No Child Sleeps Outside campaign was a really cool way for me to get my gym involved and for us to give back. And so I did some events with that. We raised money. We had a goal of raising $5,000. I think we ended up raising like closer to 7,500 if memory serves. So I know we beat our goal of 5,000. So that was so cool. And I have to tell you, the spirit of the holiday season, when you do things like that, so amazing. And so if you could do something like just setting up a little toy drive at your work or like setting up, you know, connecting with your family and finding a way that you could give to another family so huge. So what we're doing this year at the gym, we're doing the treehouse drive for foster kids. We're also going to partner with no child sleeps outside again. And then in addition to that, for our family, we're going to just with our family do an adopt a family program. And so I wanted to get involved in something where Vinny could be really involved as well, where we could take him to the store and be like, we're shopping for, you know, a 12 year old boy who wants this for Christmas, something along those lines. So I got a contact at the YWCA here in Seattle. So most, I think most major cities have YWCAs. So I would highly recommend reaching out to them and you can do it in adoptive family. And here in Seattle, they were looking for over like a thousand families to be matched. So I know that there was high need here. And there was also other ways you could get involved if you didn't have the funds to adopt a family, but just wanted to like volunteer at certain holiday events and stuff. So there was lots of different levels to get involved and be supportive. And so definitely contact your local YWCA if you want to do something like that to support women and children in your area. So we adopted a family with three kids. They have a two-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a 13-year-old. And then the family sent a wish list. So we buy two gifts for each kid based on this wish list that they sent. And then we also give a gift card to a grocery store for the parents to go get food for a Christmas dinner. So we're in the process of doing that. So we're going to be going shopping with Vinny to go pick out some of these items that these kids have requested, which I'm really, really looking forward to because it's the first year that I really feel like he will be able to have any sort of like conversation and understanding of like, there's some kids that don't get Christmas gifts. And so we get to help them with that. And I think that'll be a really cool, powerful experience for him. And definitely something that I want to continue as a family tradition so that Christmas and the holidays can always be more giving focused than receiving focused. And I think we all know with like a four or five, six, seven, eight year old, like <laughs> that's going to be a little tricky to find that balance. So I really want to start that young in Vinny and also just have it be like kind of this given built-in part of the holidays where it's just something that we do. Like giving is always a big part of what we do. So that is part of what we're doing with giving. So number two would be have a budget. So no matter what you're going to do over the holidays, have a budget. So if you're for your gifting, we set a budget for like for gifting for adopt a family. Here's what our budget is. And that's how we decided how big of a family we were going to adopt. We knew kind of what the cost was per child. And so then from there, we could say like, okay, here's how much money we are able to give to a family. How does that break down in terms of how big of a family we can adopt? Like, can we do two kids, three kids, four kids, five kids? And so we settled on three kids based on how much we wanted to budget for this particular thing. So that was really helpful for us. So we have like our giving budget for that. Um, Also have a budget for giving for the two events for the gym. Then on top of that, there's a budget for Vinny. Like how much are we spending on Vinny? for Christmas gifts. It's really easy when your child doesn't have a lot of requests and the only thing they request are high ticket items where you're just like, well, they're only asking for two things. So I guess I have to get these like two crazy expensive things. The reality is like, no, you don't. (laughs) Or find them on sale, which I will say, 
I got Vinny's biggest Christmas gift already with was awesome Black Friday deal. So it's a Lego thing. Big shocker there because all he's asked for is Lego. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that Vinny's whole world is Legos. And so Santa did some shopping on Black Friday, but I was able to get him his biggest ticket item for like 40% off or something. So I was very excited about that. So having a budget for the kids, having a budget for your partner. So Vince and I have decided we've done this a lot in the past where we'll oftentimes do big ticket like partner items, which, you know, sometimes that can be like, you know, we're going to go in on a new TV or a new couch or, you know, some sort of household item like that. Or we've also done events where it's like a weekend getaway. We used to do that quite a bit, actually. Instead of doing gifts for each other for the holidays, we would do like, let's do a snowboarding weekend in January. This was before we had a child, by the way, because now the budget for a weekend away, it's like so much more expensive if you have to get overnight childcare. But now that we have Vinny, we've talked about like, okay, what are we going to do this year for gifts? So like we just booked this rather pricey trip to Hawaii in March. So we were like, okay, let's not do big gifts for Christmas because we have Hawaii coming up. That's a big deal. And we don't need to spend more money. On top of that, over Thanksgiving, Vince's car had some major issues. And so we were like, oh, well, hmm, I guess we have to get the car fixed. So uh, Merry Christmas to us. And so, so those big ticket items, sometimes you're just like, that's where we're spending our money right now. And sometimes they're fun items, sometimes they're not, but like that just makes the most sense. And then because I do think it's super important that Vinny sees us giving to each other, we will still do smaller items for each other. And so we've kind of designated like, okay, we're not doing big things this year, but let's do a few items for each other under the tree because it's really important that it's not just us giving Vinny opening gifts endlessly all by himself all day. It needs to be about like, we're all taking turns and we're all giving and receiving. So we can't just not do gifts. Like, I don't care if you get me some new Q-tips, just get me some Q-tips. And I don't know, let's see what else, maybe some dark chocolate, (laughs) but something that I can open. And that shows that like, we have given this to each other. And I also made a big point this year with Vince. I said, we need to get, um, have Vinny pick out gifts to give to each of us, whether it's something that he makes or something that like we go buy small items for with him for each other. That's also really significant. So he gets in that mindset of like, he's giving gifts to people on Christmas morning as well that he has chosen and that he has gone out and bought with even if it's with our money that he's selected them himself in getting in that spirit of giving. And then the last part of the budget would be what's your budget for extended family? So do you gift between extended families or not? Like we don't, if we're not with extended family for holidays, we don't gift. I know a lot of people do like uh, gift exchanges where like everyone draws a family member's name or whatever. And then there's a, a dollar limit on that. So we have done that in the past. If we're going to be with a large amount of Vince's family in Oregon, sometimes we'll do that where everyone draws a name. It's a $50 limit. And then you're buying one $50 item for one person and you're not buying a bunch of items, a bunch of small stuff for everyone, which is really nice because then someone, everyone gets at least one thing that they like. So that's really nice. And that's a little bit of a nicer item instead of trying to get like a million, like 10 to $15 items for a million people. But the other part of that is that if maybe you just decide among certain family members that you're not going to gift give or that you're going to give to, I know a lot of people giving to charity this year. So instead of giving gifts, they're like, you know, I'm going to give to this charity in your name. One of my favorite things, we have to make this political for just a moment, is here's a gift idea for you. People giving to organizations like Planned Parenthood in Mike Pence and Donald Trump's name. So, I mean, if you really want to make me happy, you could do something really awesome like that. Not that your gifting needs to be about me, but I think that is one of my favorite things. And I've heard about people doing that among their family members who are Trump supporters, which I think is hilarious. But I also think it's a great way for people in your family who are like-minded givers as you just to give into organizations that you think would be meaningful to them. It doesn't only need to be in a snide, backhanded way, like giving to the opposite, giving to a cause that the opposite political party does not appreciate. 
So, okay, that's having your budget. Next, be okay with okay. So here's the thing about this. Holidays get real hyped up real fast. And I don't know about you. There's like certain holidays that I just, I'm kind of done with. And I have been for a long time because there's so much pressure around them to be like the biggest deal ever. So perfect example would be New Year's Eve. Another one would be the 4th of July, where I feel like there's just this pressure to make it super magical and big and like over the top. And then it never turns out that way. And like on New Year's Eve, you're like too tired to stay up till midnight or like the event that you go to is like outdoors and it's freezing cold and you're just cranky the whole time. Or the people that you were going to hang out with on the 4th of July, like they ended up, I don't know, flaking on you or not being fun or like the plan fell through completely or the crowds were out of control or like there's just all these things that can happen with holiday kinds of things. And there's, we get super excited for these things. We count on these moments to make memories. And then there's this like big feeling of defeat afterwards if they don't work out the way that we think they are. So here's the thing, be okay with okay. Sometimes things are just okay and that's just fine. And so I think that if you go into things with this mindset of like, it's just going to be a little adventure, like let's just see what happens. And then there's like room for things to be like a comedy of errors. There's room for things to be over the top amazing. There's also room for things to be epic failures and it can all just be okay. And so I think that it's really important to keep a perspective like that, knowing that there like will always be bumps and bruises. And I know like we're traveling this year for Christmas, we're going to be flying And actually, we're going from Seattle to Spokane, which is literally like a 40 minute flight. But because of the passes, we aren't driving because I don't want I'm scared of getting stuck in the passes with a child in the car. So we are doing this flight, but I've done this flight before. And I've done it with my sister where like she didn't make her flight in time. And she was at the airport with my nephew who was like eight months old for eight hours, like crazy stuff can happen on the holidays where things just fall apart. And you can totally be like, and now it's just ruined. And it's the worst holiday ever. And you can go there really quickly. So really set yourself up to be okay with okay and be like, I know this is going to be a little nutty. I know things are going to be like, there's the unexpected will happen. Like if you're, this happened to us a few years ago on Thanksgiving at my sister-in-law's, we showed up to her house like three hours late because of traffic driving from Seattle to Portland. Maybe it was two hours late. It was super late though. They had half the people had already eaten dinner because they were too hungry to wait for us, which was totally fine. We told them to. So we get in, all the food is cold and we're like, that's fine. We'll just have cold dinner. You know, no big deal. Our dog goes running into the house and immediately gets in a fight with their dog. And our dog required going to the emergency vet and getting stitches while we're trying to figure that whole skerfuffle out. My sister-in-law's like, oh yeah. And by the way, our sink is broken. So we're doing dishes in the bathroom, in the bathtub. (laughs) So this is like this huge joke now about Thanksgiving, because every time we spend Thanksgiving with them now, we're like, what's going to happen? Like, is it going to be like that Thanksgiving again? Like, is there going to be a trip to the emergency vet? Because of course a dog only needs stitches. Like if your dog is ever going to need stitches, it's only going to be on a holiday because this has happened to us twice. Now our dog has needed stitches on a holiday where we have it to go to the emergency vet where it's more expensive. You spend hours and hours there. And then of course, like if your sink is going to get plugged or broken, it's only going to happen when you have like 27 people in your house. Right? So it's just, now it's a huge joke. And it was actually, even as it was happening, we were just like, well, I mean, like, what are you going to do? Be super mad about it and like, let it ruin your holiday? No. I mean, like, yeah, there was moments that weren't so awesome, but it creates good stories in the long run, right? So it's important to have those memories to look back on where you can be like, remember that year? So um, again, just being okay with okay. 
This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers. On an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where, as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever, and your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you, and you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. The next would be rewrite your history. So for some people, I mentioned this in the beginning, for some people, the holidays can be traumatic. They can be filled with like dread and fear and a lot of stuff can come up. And so, you know, there can be tons of anxiety around the holidays. There can be a lot of loneliness. There can be a lot of sadness and emptiness and there just all sorts of things come up. And it can be regarding current circumstances. It can be regarding situations from when you were growing up, from when you were really little. It can have, there's just so many things that can be connected to that. So my invitation for this would be, be okay with rewriting your history. Like start from a totally clean slate. Nothing has to be the same as it used to be. And nothing has to be the same as last year. And nothing has to be the same as like what your family told you was the appropriate way to do things. You can create things totally new and totally different at any given moment. And so, I mean, of course this goes for the holidays, but it goes for anything. Like you can always rewrite your history. And that goes back to talking about telling new stories. Like, don't get caught up in, I just hate the holidays and everything goes wrong at the holidays and I have to spend time with like, you know, family members that I argue with. Don't get caught up in that same mindset and that same story because you will stay stuck in that story if you get caught up in it. So really be okay with rewriting your history, rewriting the stories and moving forward with new stories. And so maybe that's creating new traditions. It might be creating traditions with new people. 
It might be not spending any time with family over the holidays. It might be having like Friendsgiving instead of Thanksgiving with your family, have it with your friends. It might be same thing at Christmas time where instead of celebrating with family, you know, extended family, you're celebrating with neighbors or friends, or maybe you're just celebrating as your own little family unit of you, your partner and kids, and not so much with a larger extended unit. And maybe that's what makes sense for you right now or this year or in this moment. It doesn't have to be forever. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It just can be that you always have the power to rewrite your story and to rewrite history and start new traditions. And when you feel empowered to do that, then you can take on a new attitude of like, this is what we get to do this year. And depending on the ages of your kids, you can get them involved too. Like, let's make this new. Let's make this different. What do you guys want to do? Like, maybe we don't have a big Christmas dinner. Maybe we have like, you know, frozen pizza and then we go to a movie on Christmas. And there's a lot of people that do things like that where it's just super non-traditional, but you're breaking the mold. Because if you stay in that mold that was causing pain or anxiety or stress, you will just keep creating pain and anxiety and stress. So be okay with breaking the mold a little bit to create something new, which might feel really different and uncomfortable, but sometimes different and uncomfortable is a lot better than like pain, anxiety, and stress. So you have to like weigh the pros and cons here, like taking a chance on rewriting your traditions and your stories and creating something new and better is totally worth it. If it can free you from past events, past feelings, past stress, past anxiety, that holds you back and creates dread for you every single year and really ruins the feeling of a season for you. So I think that's really, really important. Next is create moments that become traditions. And so I've been really aware of this as Vinny's gotten to be a little bit older. Now that he's four, creating moments is a really big deal for me during the holidays. You know, we did not have a lot of traditions in my family growing up, but the ones that we had around the holidays are really the ones that I strongly remember going to see Santa which my sister and I did for 27 years straight. I think we have 28 family photos because I started when I was four weeks old. So we have like well beyond the time when children should be sitting on Santa's lap. My sister and I were still sitting on Santa's lap. And there were years like you could barely see Santa because my sister and I were large adults and sitting on Santa's lap. And Santa was just this like, he looked more like an elf. So, but those traditions really stand out to me. We used to watch, we had, my mom had a little movie. I can't think of what it's called, a little silent movie projector that we took movies growing up. And we used to watch them. She had them put on video It's when I was like in college, maybe. And we started watching those every Christmas Eve. We would watch those together. And that was the best tradition. And it was like an hour long video of silent movies of my sister and I growing up. And we thought it was hysterical. And my poor husband, who has now had to watch this video multiple times, is very sweet to go along with the whole thing. Because my sister and I totally know what's going on in like every scene. And literally, we're like singing songs to Annie in part of it. My husband's just like, okay, like, whatever. Sure, I'll watch it. He's such a good sport. But it's so meaningful to us. And that's a really great tradition that we started when we were young adults, whenever we're all together for the Christmas is that we watch some of these videos. We don't always watch the full hour now out of respect to my husband. And now that there's kids involved, they don't want to see that much. But that's a really great tradition. There's other traditions around like maybe making food together, making cookies, doing Christmas cards, like all those little things. I know that at our house, we started Elf on the Shelf last year, which it's really, really fun. And we're not really doing it so much in like a he's watching to see if you're being bad kind of a way because... I don't know. My child's really honestly not that motivated by that kind of talk. And he's just like, oh, whatever. I'm still going to be bad. I'm still going to talk about farts all day long. I don't care if you tell me to not talk potty talk. So by the way, right now, like 75 to 85% of our conversation is potty talk. And oh my God, somebody tell me when it ends. (laughs) I'm so over the potty talk. So we're not really using the elf on the shelf as a threatening mechanism as much as just like It's a fun little thing every day to look and see where he's at and to like just kind of talk about the magic of the season again and what we're doing in the season and different things 
that we're doing. We have a little advent calendar that we started with just little Velcro pieces that go up on this tree every day. So I know other people do like the little chocolate ones. So just all those little things are really important in the long run. So just creating those little things. And then this year, we're going to our first play together. We're going to go, or we're going to the ballet. <laughs> you all know, I actually had to warn Vinny. I was like, do you want to go to the ballet? But we're just going to watch. We're not actually doing ballet. Because for those of you who listen regularly, you know that we've had some trauma around ballet in our household when Vinny actually took ballet classes and it did not go so well. So we're going to actually go see the Nutcracker though, this children's version of the Nutcracker, which I'm super excited about. And that'll be a new tradition to take him to a Christmas show, which he's never really been to a theatrical production. So very excited to do that and add that into like, here's a new tradition, something that we can do. So we have a couple new things in our traditions this year. We're creating a few new moments. And then we have some of the things that we've done in past years as well. So just adding like those little things every year and none of them need to be big, huge things. None of them need to be super expensive, but just adding those little things. And these are like, honestly, it's very much relevant to the holiday season, but I also think that there's a lot of things that you can do just around family traditions in general outside of the holidays that are really, really important. So you could also be thinking about like the feeling that you get from having family traditions around the holiday. How can you implement that year round so that you have family traditions, you know, in other areas of your life and other times of year that are really meaningful to your family? Because that is such a big point of connection, I think. I think that that feeling of tradition and what that means to a family and what that means to a child well before they can recognize it is really, really impactful. So you just start thinking a little bit about that. Next is know thy family. So know your family situation. Juggling families over the holidays can be really stressful. And a lot of people, you know, probably at the very least, you have your family and in-law families. And if there's multiple marriages within your immediate family or within your parents or extended family, I mean, you can easily quickly get to like having to juggle four to six family situations over the holidays. That's a lot. So really have a plan in place and identify like, where are you going to spend your time? How are you going to spend your time? What relationships are most significant to you? Are there ways that you could maybe find other ways to find time? So I know for us, like my husband really wanted to um, spend time with some of his family that he hadn't seen in Arizona. And we started talking about this in the early fall. And he was like, well, maybe for Christmas, we can go to Arizona. And I said, well, you know, I think my mom is really expecting us to come to Spokane at Christmas time to see her family. Would it be possible to do Thanksgiving in Arizona, which is what we ended up doing. Then we get to do both of those things and we get to really enjoy both of them. Cause initially I was like, well, maybe we could do like Spokane at Christmas for like a couple days and then fly to, from Spokane to Arizona and like do both. And that seemed just like way too much. And I thought like I would do it if it meant a lot to him. But I also thought, oh my gosh, if we do this, like not going to super enjoy my holidays, probably there'll be enjoyable moments, but there also might be a lot of chaos and stress around it. And so it worked out much better to say like, okay, Hey, we're going to do this thing with our Arizona family at Thanksgiving. And then we're going to be in Spokane at Christmas. And then some of our Oregon family is actually going to come up for new year's. So that's really fun that we've kind of divided it into multiple different events over the course of, you know, six weeks instead of trying to cram it all into the week of Christmas. So that's been really cool. And some people have a schedule about like every other year we do this and that and the other thing, and that can work really well too. Um, For us, we have a little bit of that, but we're also kind of juggling, you know, my husband has family in like multiple different areas, so it, it gets tricky trying to juggle all of it. So I really love the idea of having like, you know, working it around multiple different holidays. And it might even be that, you know, if that you would say like, Hey, instead of seeing each other at Christmas time this year, like let's meet at a winter cabin, you know, in February for a weekend or something where it, it can be like this extension of the holidays. That's way more fun and meaningful when it's not pushed into the chaos of the actual holidays. It's this like fun separate event, which I think can be really, really awesome. And I know that we've done things like that in the past 
with friends and family that's way more fun and relaxed because you actually are just focusing on one thing rather than trying to jump from in and out of a million different family situations. Also, if there's family you don't want to be around over the holidays, you get to say that. And that is totally okay. Like they might not accept it, but you get to say that. And sometimes it's a matter of like putting on your big girl pants and being like, this is what we're doing. And this actually happened a few years ago. My mom and I had never spent Christmas apart. And I ended up going with my husband to see his family. We took Vinny, who was like one-ish at the time. We went to Oregon and stayed in a hotel because we're with this family situation. That's what made the most sense for us to be in a hotel. And my mom was going to be in Spokane with her sisters and her, there's plenty of family there and everything, but it was our first Christmas apart. And I was super worried about my mom being without us, without my sister and I for the first time ever. And I was also just kind of like feeling like I wasn't a part of any of my own traditions, even though I adore my husband's family. And I adored the people that we were spending time with there, which it was his mom and my sister-in-law and her family, you know, some of my favorite people, but it was just different than what I was used to for Christmas. So I did spend a portion of Christmas day in the hotel gym crying because I was just stressed out over the whole thing and Vinny wouldn't take a nap and we were in a hotel and it didn't feel like Christmas. And there was just this moment of like, this is not Christmas to me. And then I got on the phone with my mom and she, I give her so much credit. She had like decided, okay, I'm going to have these people over for dinner. I'm going to make this big lasagna. I'm not doing the whole turkey thing. I'm just going to do what I want to do. She had this amazing Christmas. So here I am sitting in this hotel gym crying and noticing that there's security cameras shining down on me. And I'm like, oh my God, like the hotel, like front desk people are just watching me cry in the hotel gym on Christmas day. I get my mom on the phone and she's like, you know, I'm having this great day. We're having these friends over for dinner. It's going to be fantastic. And we're having so much fun. And I was like, oh, that's great. Great. I'm glad I've been worried about you. And I'm sitting here crying and you're just fine. So it turned out to be very funny. We ended up over at my sister-in-law's a little bit after the whole crying thing. And it was a great day. But there was just this moment that was like very challenging. But part of that was that because I had set some boundaries and I had said to my mom, like, I'm not coming this year for Christmas. We're going with Vince's family. And this is something that we got to do. And my mom was super accepting of that. But it was also like, I knew she was sad and I was sad and, you know, I was worried about like the whole thing, but sometimes you just have to have those boundaries. And in other situations, there might be some hostility around that, depending on your family dynamics. And so just be prepared to like, do what you need to do for you. And you don't have to do it in a way that's hurtful to other people, but it's okay to protect your family. And it's okay to protect certain boundaries in your family around the holidays. So really be okay with that and really be okay with like setting some firm lines around that. Okay. Last tip here. Number six, plan your partying. It's really fun to spend the time from Thanksgiving to Christmas or Thanksgiving to New Year's partying constantly, eating and drinking all the things and having all the fun, but it also makes you feel like crap. So have a little bit of self-awareness around indulgences and around like how indulging makes you, what that makes you feel like. If indulgences make you feel bloated, cranky, irritable, tired, like don't do it every day. So don't drink every day. Don't eat the candy every day. Don't eat like all the stuff all the time, still get in some workouts, still keep moving. It can be to a lesser extent if you want. It can be, you know, you don't need to be as rigid maybe as you would be other times of the year. Give yourself some flexibility to indulge in things you truly enjoy, but don't indulge in all the things. So know like what you really love and then have the things you really love. Like for me, I'm not going to have pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving because I don't like it. I don't care about it. Not that I dislike it, but it's just a very neutral thing to me. So like if you put this actually happened this year on Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, some people brought over chocolate pecan pie. Holy cow, the best pie I've ever had in my life. So like have that. Don't have the pumpkin pie if you don't like it or you don't care about it. So know the things that you really like and then have those things. Same goes for, you know, when it comes to alcohol, like don't just mindlessly drink every single night, like know the drinks that you really like, have them, have scheduled drinking days. This sounds, some people laugh when I say this to have drinking days, 
but it can actually be really significant because, you know, maybe you're not going to have drinks on, you know, Monday through Thursday because you know that like you have a couple holiday events over the weekend and you're going to save your drinks for then because you don't need to drink every single night, especially if drinking leads you to more drinking, which leads you to questionable food choices, which leads you to feeling like crap the next day. So be just aware of kind of planning your partying and planning your indulgences so that when you get to the end of the holiday season, you're basically in the same place that you are right now, rather than being like, oh my gosh, this was just this like long, big celebration that now I feel like I have to recover from because I never, I don't ever want people to feel like they have to recover quote unquote from something or like get back on the wagon or like the whole new year's resolution and everything. I think it's great to set goals and all that, but I don't think that you necessarily need to set new year's resolutions that are like, I need to lose the 10 pounds that I just gained because I ate and drank my heart out for the last six weeks. So you can do some planning around that where you can still really enjoy your holidays, but you're enjoying them in a way that you're not going to be frustrated by at the end of the holiday season. All right. So there are your six tips to happier holidays. So with that, I hope that you are having a great December so far. Thank you again for all the love over at the Shameless Mom Academy. Thank you for sharing through our social media platforms on Instagram and Facebook at the Shameless Mom Academy. Thank you for leaving reviews over at uh, shamelessmom.com forward slash review. If you have not left a review yet, I would love to read your reviews. So please shoot me a review. Let me know what you think of the show. It means the world to me. And if this episode was helpful, please head over to shamelessmom.com. Go to episode 81 and you can find the link for this episode and you can grab that link and you can share it out on social media platforms or send it to your friends in an email to say, hey, this episode of the Shameless Mom Academy is going to help me have happier holidays and I thought it might help you too. And then you can share that link out to other people that you think might benefit from some of this holiday planning. So I'm going to get going. I have Vinny's little holiday show at school tonight. So I'm going to go get his shirt and his clip on tie out. Yes, I know he has a clip on tie. It is hysterical. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.